On the last day of Get Fresh With Your Feline Week, we are speaking with the one and only Dr. Katie Woodley, the natural pet doctor, to answer that final question that we all have when we're ready to take the plunge and upgrade our cat's food, which is how do we get them to eat it? She's gonna give us all the tips and tricks to successfully transition our cats to a diet that will help them live longer, healthier, and happier lives. I'm Jay. I'm Adrian. And together we are the Two Crazy Cat Ladies. <laughs> I'm gonna cut you. I think I just peed. Buckle up, we're back in the closet. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the final episode of Get Fresh With Your Feline Week, where we are going to finally answer that final question. I guess final is my word. That we are going to answer that last question for you guys on how to feed your cats fresh, how to get them to eat it. You guys, joining us tonight is an incredible integrative and holistic veterinarian whose own journey through many years in conventional practice gave her an incredible passion for empowering pet parents. She is a Chinese medicine practitioner, a certified veterinarian acupuncturist. She's a researcher, educator, public speaker, pet health coach, and mom to three beautiful mini Black Panthers. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we give you the one, the only natural pet doctor, Katie Woodley. Dr. Katie thank Woodley, you so thank you so much for joining Hello. us. Oh, thank you. It's such an honor to be here and be with all these amazing cat parents. So thank you. Oh, we are so excited to, to um, finally answer this question, right? On Tonight's how do one. we get, tonight is the really big one, right? So um, all the speakers this week, have gone over and helped everybody. For instance, Dr. Judy Morgan helped to ease the fears around feeding a fresh food diet to our cats, um, and which is you know one of the biggest excuses for feeding our cats fresh. Um, then Emma last right. night, Emma Rutherford for not feeding our cats yeah, fresh. Right. Um, last night, Emma Rutherford um, taught us all how we can do this on a budget, um, which is the other big excuse for feeding our cats a, a better diet. Excuse is, is a is weird the word. But it, they're like they're like bumps to get over. Yeah, right? they're yeah. The, they're hurdles. They're the hurdles. other hurdle to feeding mm -hmm. our cats um, a fresh food diet is the budget, and she helped us with that. And now here we are to discuss the biggest hurdle that everyone has and the biggest fear that everyone has and the biggest question that everyone has, which is, okay, I'm no longer scared. I'm ready to do it. I've learned enough this week to know that this is the best decision for my cat so that my cat can live the longest, healthiest and happiest life possible. But how do I get them to eat it? Now, the biggest excuse that I hear on a regular basis every single day is, I tried that, my cat won't eat it. I tried I tried raw, my cat won't eat it. I tried freeze-dried, my cat won't eat it. What say you? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm in the same camp. I hear that every day also. Here's the thing. First, I would love for all the beautiful people that are joining us here live, drop in the chat if you're feeling this, if you're like, I've tried the things, I've tried everything, and my cat is just a kibble addict, and that's where we're gonna be. So drop it in the chat, because I promise you're not alone. And this is such an amazing safe community and safe place to be. There's never any shame around any of that. So this is the time to announce your confession. But here's the thing, this is where mindset is the most important part of this journey from my experience. And this is where focusing and shifting to time, patience, perseverance, and tricks. We yeah. have to trick the kitties into realizing that they are those true, beautiful, obligate carnivores. And so this is where each of your cats here will be different. They are all individuals. So tonight, we're going to be giving you a lot of tips, tools, and of course, those tricks to help your cats realize like fresh food is amazing. Fresh food helps them feel their best and help helps prevent disease. So keep that in mind. And if you're one of the lucky ones, it happens. It's actually, I'll talk about some of my personal kitty cats too, uh, because I've been through this journey many times as a cat parent. But if you're one of the lucky ones where you put the food down and you feed like the raw and you're going from kibble to raw and they accept it right away, just celebrate the heck out of it and be so grateful to the universe because that's awesome. And it can happen. 
Um, but if you set yourself up just to know time, patience, perseverance, and you know what, I'm going to have so many more tricks in the back of my, like my bag to pull out when I need them, it will give you more confidence to stay on the path and know that there will be ups and downs on this journey. Yeah. And you know what I want to say to everyone, go ahead and grab a pen and some paper because we're going to give you so many tips and tricks. Dr. Katie Woodley is going to just like blow your mind, but you're, you're going to need to remember them because you're going to try one. You're going to be like, Oh, I bet that one would work. And if it doesn't, then you need to be able to reference um, another trick that might, that might even work uh, better for, for you guys. I also want to say, uh, prepare yourself for something that was a really tough hurdle for myself. And that was me, you know, the time, the patience, the perseverance, all those things. I felt like I could wrap my head around it. The tricks, fantastic, valuable. Let's try it. I was, uh, cats are such beautiful creatures. And I was emotionally not prepared myself for how much stamina it kind of took me to know that I was making the right decisions and stick to it. So it's one thing to be patient with our cats. It's another thing to recognize that we ourselves may have a little bit of a hurdle getting over the, oh my God, but they just want some, to the, yes. to the day we lost our beautiful Pooh Bear. Anytime you made a sound that sounded like a kibble bag, he would come running. Yeah. So that kind of, we want to give our cats whatever they want. This is a situation where we recognize that uh, we have to give them what they need. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. So I here's and Blue Jay just commented. I was going to say too, you know, pull out that pen and paper, but also like if you're watching on YouTube, tap save and save it to a watch list because then you can always refer back to all this amazing content from this week to reference at any time. And if you have a, a friend who's experiencing something similar to this, share it with them because yeah. it is, it is really hard. Uh, Adrian's not alone in that. I felt that with our senior kitty rescue and it is hard. It's more of patience for us yeah. versus the cat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let's just start at the, this was the hardest part for Adrian. And um, it's basically the step one, if we're, if we're feeding a kibble diet, right? So, and, and it has to happen. This step has to happen for all of us in order to move forward to any of the tricks and tips and things like that. And that is picking up the all day buffet. We often think that, that food equals happiness and if our cats have food available all day long, then they are going to be happier because they can go and get the food whenever they want it. Um, and I, I don't feel like that is the 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 right way to get them onto a better diet. Do you do you agree? Correct. So one of the powerful tools you can use is the power of hunger. And you're not going to, we're not talking about starving your cats because we don't want to do that. We don't want them going, you know, 24 hours longer than that. This is where I'm going to, we're going to talk about some of the things you can use potentially to try instead of kibble, but we need them to eat a certain amount of food each day to stay safe. That's really important. They're not small dogs. They can't go for days without food, but this is also where essentially if they're never hungry, why would they want to try something different and, and new? I mean, unfortunately, cats are what we call like neophobic. You put something new down and they're like, holy smokes, the world's ending, right? I mean, it's really sad to watch those videos where people put down like a cucumber and the cat jumps and you're like, why are they so scared? But they're so used to routine and we don't want them to approach a new food like that. So we can use that power, the first trick, hunger where we remove that, just like Jay said, they shouldn't be eating all the time. We think about ourselves also, we shouldn't be eating all the time either. So we need to make them a little bit hungry so that they do want to try some different types of foods. Now, I wanted to say one thing also, because I know there's some, there's some people here where I know their cats are going through health conditions. A lot of times this transition phase, I save it personally in my experience, for when the cat is feeling better. And the reason why I do that is because especially if they're experiencing nausea and we're trying a new food, we don't want to create food aversion. So that makes it more frustrating. It can lengthen the time. So yes, we do want to get them on the food the fastest as possible. But I promise if you just have some patience, 
we wait until like that nausea is gone, they're at a more baseline level of health, that's when we want to start that transition. So you don't make it harder for them to accept the food or never accept the food because they associate it with nausea. Right. I yeah. love that. I love well, that so speaking of sickness, a lot of people say that um, their cats that or, or their vets have told them or that they've just kind of been conditioned to believe that if they switch the food up, then their cats are going to get sick. Or sometimes they have tried to switch the food up and their cats do get diarrhea or vomit or something like that. Um, what, uh, what do you, what do you do? What do you, do you say? How do you, yeah. How do you coach through that? Yeah. I mean, every cat's an individual. It can definitely happen. Um, you know, I've experienced personally, like two of my cats when I was towards the beginning of my journey with my other two cats, um, they both passed from aggressive GI lymphoma. This was before that diagnosis. And I was like, I should be feeding raw food. And I was feeding really crappy food. I'm not going to lie. Um, and they were on, you know, poor quality can dry. I just didn't know better. And then I learned and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was that person where I was like, we're going to buy the raw and we're going to just transition really quickly. My cats took to it really, really well. They were probably also, they were indoor, outdoor in New Zealand. They were probably enjoying the nature, right? <laughs> so they probably did know a little bit and they're probably like, what is this? We'll eat it because you're just giving it to us. So that was easy for me to transition them. They did not experience any GI upset. Now, this is where if your cat is sensitive, like you change one little thing or you try a different brand or a different flavor, this is not the time to do a rapid transition because I don't want you to be worried, your pet to get sick or for you to end up in the ER. That's not where we want to go. Now, this is once again, tapping into that patience piece. So it'll be okay. The long-term goal is that we ultimately get the cats to recognize that they are obligate carnivores and that they should eat real food. The amount of time that takes, that's okay. And we're okay with that. So this is where doing a slow transition and offering different types of food as you're doing this is really, really important. We don't need to make this a race because we're in this for the long term and for the rest of their life. So I think that shift in like mindset and how we approach it and view it can help. Um, but keeping in mind, if your cat is sensitive, this is not the time and place to do it quickly. We need yeah. to adjust that microbiome, the gut health, and it's going to go much more smoothly for you and be less stressful. If you know, first up, I'm going to take my time with this. And realistically, over a couple of weeks, probably to maybe, maybe even a couple months. So that's definitely a realistic expectation for, I would say, a majority of cats. I love that Rodney Habib talked on Monday just about the effort that goes into making these foods that our cats are literally addicted to. Uh, the, the effort that goes into that is is really remarkable. So when we can understand, even for our cats that are in perfect health, that they may have a, an issue with a fresh food because they don't they don't know that it's food. Because the body they, doesn't recognize it. Right. The body doesn't recognize it. But that's where I think even if we're dealing with cats that have a health issue or we're dealing with super kibble addicts, one of the tricks, write this one down, one of the tricks I think is uh, putting food near, yeah. right? They, they uh, lead with their nose, I think is how it is. So if you start putting down just a teaspoon of even wet food, if you're transitioning from kibble to a, a wet food and a wet to a raw, putting that teaspoon down where they start associating that aroma as food. And then it gives them that choice, like Emma was talking about, your cat may turn their nose up at uh, the first time they see fresh, but given the option over time, uh, especially for cats that are dealing with health issues, they have a, a kind of a sixth sense to what their bodies need. And that can be really helpful to start them associating this fresh food as food. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a fantastic tip. I want to go back real quick though, um, before we, before I forget it really, um, to, uh, the, I don't know why we keep getting those thumbs up. Yeah, they have a new thing now. I yeah. happened to me this morning on my coffee talk. Oh, <laughs> I was like, there's a thumb. That's cool. <laughs> Lovely. But um, but uh, getting so getting sick. So we and tell me if I'm wrong, Dr. Katie, but um, it is sometimes almost 
a little normal. If your cat has been eating the same food over a prolonged period of time and we switch it up for them to get a little bit of loose stools, not necessarily a reason to rush to the ER or rush to the vet or even make a phone call. But if they get a little bit of loose stools, um, I, I feel I, I normally tell people watch it and make sure that everything's okay. But that is oftentimes normal. The, the, the analogy I give is if you ate McDonald's or Taco Bell every day, and that is what your, your body is used to, your body processes it. You're probably on normal schedule because you're eating the same thing, processed, unhealthy food. And then one day you're like, you know what, I'm going to eat a salad. You get a little bit of a salad shooter, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it yeah. so doesn't send you to the ER though. Right. So right. yeah, it's just a, not so much fun and you're still energetically. Okay. Yes. I, I agree with you. And, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is, you know, the physiological reason for that is these processed ultra processed foods are high carbohydrate, very low protein, and most of the time, low, low fat, especially if you're feeding like a weight loss diet, or you're feeding a diabetic cat, the prescription foods, it's, you know, it's car, you, you have carbs, and it's not very, you know, it's not very nutritional. So when you put your pet onto a minimally processed or fresh food diet, this is where we typically raise the protein, we typically are going to have a higher fat content. And that gut and the microbes inside your cat's gut, you're going to have different bacterial populations that are like, wait a second, I used to feed on the carbs. They don't have a food source anymore, so they decrease or die off. And now we need to rebuild up the microbiome. So there's a lot going on. That transition is usually within a few days. So this is not like it's going to take months to restore and repair and rebuild some of those microbes. But that can be why we see loose stool happen. So as long as your cat is acting fine, there's a little bit of diarrhea, loose stool, there's probably going to be a little bit of gassiness. Keep a close eye on it. You may see a little bit of blood and mucus just because of irritation. It doesn't mean that they have to go to the ER. Keep an eye on it. Now, if we have blood rushing out the back end, they can't stop. They're lethargic. They're not. That is a different situation. That is not the most common situation for a food transition. Right. So keep that in mind. Um, you do like everyone here knows their cats the best. And you can always call the vet if you're concerned or worried. But I don't want people to end up rushing to the vet and then going on medications like metronidazole. And then it upsets things even more down the road and it creates more health problems. Yeah. So that's what we don't want to happen. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say really quick too, because I see the comments and this is really important. We touched on it with transitioning really quickly to the new food. I typically, I found in my experience working with patients and with my own cats, I usually do a transition from if we're going from kibble, going to canned going to lightly cooked, and then going to a raw, because that's going to be easier to digest. And from a food therapy perspective, raw is very cooling energetically. And a lot of cats, if they're experiencing gut health issues, or they're having problems digesting, if they're throwing up all the time, or this is for everyone here who they feed their cat raw, and they're trying to get them on a raw, and they just vomit. Like this is the time where we want to do the transition through the different types of food to help that gut properly get used to it. And then also too, I use things to support digestion. Now you ladies have a beautiful line of products. This is where things like catalyst can be really helpful for those kitty cats. And I'm using it right now in my cats as part of the rotation right now. They don't even know anything is in like their food and that's great. We want to help them digest their food and break it down. You can use digestive enzymes. If you do have a cat that's really sensitive, this is where slippery elm can be really helpful, giving that before you feed them to help soothe and calm inflammation. So if we know that about our cat, we can be prepared and then we can wean them over to a raw food diet more gradually. And a lot of times they're going to transition much better without all those side effects we're trying to avoid and are fearful about. Now, would you say the same would go because um, in our experience, um, and we talked about it with with 
pretty much everybody this week, but you know, with, um, with our oldest cat at the time when we decided to switch over to raw, we switched everybody exactly. Like you said, there wasn't really a lightly cooked at that time option. So we went from kibble to can and can to raw. Um, but, but our oldest at that time, he knew that his body needed it and he took to it really fast. Mm -hmm. And within a week we had him from yeah, a can to, a can to a raw and he was great. Um, it was our youngest at the time, Pooh Bear, that was the pickiest. And it took a long time to uh, get that. I mean, months and months, six months, uh, actually, to to get him fully transitioned over. But we, like you said at the beginning, patience and perseverance, um, we stuck with it and we could get him to eat a little bit and we could get him to eat a little bit more. And then if we increased it too much, he would refuse his food. So we would go back down. And then we did this consistently over time until he was uh, until he was completely on a on a fresh food diet. Now, when it comes to kittens, like the five that we have now, as soon as we got them, we changed, we went to raw and they were like, literally, so we didn't do a slow transition at yeah. all. Even with Annie, when she refused food, cause she didn't know what food was when we yeah. first found her. So we ran out and got some kibble samples. We were like, maybe cause she needed to eat. So we were like, she wouldn't eat canned. We had everything else. She wouldn't eat anything until we put down some kibble and then and then she started eating. We we're like, oh, okay. So that's where we're starting. So she's a kibble, she's a kibble cat. And mm -hmm. then it, and it took us about four days to get her over to a completely raw diet. So, um, so we don't do that slow transition with the kittens here in our home. Yeah, um, I didn't either. So with Moki, my cerebellar hypoplasia cat, he was a hot mess when we rescued him. Uh, he had had multiple rounds of antibiotics. He was he was eight weeks old, was already on prescription GI food, and he had all the vaccines, you know, all, all the things that were not helpful for him, and diarrhea was shooting out his back end. And he was like a feral little kitten. He was so scared, and we would have to, like, bathe him. Ryan, my husband, would have to, like, hold him, and he would just shake and, like, frozen shake. It was the saddest thing ever with him. I did not do a slow transition. I said, here is raw. Let's see what you do. And he took to it really, really quickly. And his stool cleared up like his stool went back to normal. Now, I know that's not always the case. There, I know there's people here with, you know, GI issues, but there are situations and I have no problem with you trying a fast transition. Like there's no problem doing that. Um, it's a myth that it's going to create issues because most of the time for a healthy cat, it doesn't create a problem. Right. And so it's okay to try it. Once again, have the expectation you might see a little bit of loose stool, but that's okay. We know we can monitor it and we can get them through it. And it usually lasts a couple of days. So uh, yeah, if we can get them onto a fresh food diet, you don't need to go slow and like draw it out. Like that's no fun either, to be honest. And we have all been through that experience with one or more of our cats so try it, put other food down and see how they do. Um, and there's lots of different foods too. One of the things that I found really helpful also for cats that are kibble addicted is using freeze dried dry yeah. because of the texture. Cats are very into the texture of the food, the aroma of the food. They like high fat foods too. So there's a lot of things that we can use to help hide, hide stuff also using those, but the dry, the freeze dried is a great option. Yes. We're supposed to add moisture to it, but you probably don't need to right now. And your cat's going to be like kibble or freeze dried kind of seems the same. And then you can dress it up with, you know, nutritional yeast sprinkled on top and same with the other like raw foods or lightly cooked foods. And that's a great way to transition them to something that is less processed um, and is technically, I call it, you know, it is a more it's fresh food, not technically freeze dried. It's going to have more nutrients. It's not high carb and use that. You can also sprinkle it on top of the food too, but I use freeze dried all the time. I use it for my senior kitty cat. That's picky. She's just a picky kitty. And so I use freeze dried a lot for her. And I'm okay with that because I know it's much better than kibble. And then I give her other options too. I you, love that. You touched on uh, your sweet Moki, uh, your CHK. <laughs> I came to you at eight weeks old on a special diet already. Uh, can you speak to anyone who 
you know, they're on a prescription and, and for anyone's listening, these are air quotes, a prescription diet that is trademarked by Hills, but you'll, you'll see veterinary formulas. You'll see special diets, special diets, right? Urinary issues, kidney issues, that sort of thing. Hydrolyzed. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, for someone it's, who is dealing with or, or having that conversation with their vet now saying, I, I really want to get my cat over to a fresh food, something that's more biologically available. Or as Rodney said, minimally processed, minimally processed. Yeah. Um, and they're, and they're kind of butting up against the wall of like, no, your cat needs to be on this special food for the rest of their lives. What is a good way to have that conversation? And what do you, what, is, what are your thoughts on uh, that whole situation? Mm, well, I think they're being sued right now, right? For saying yeah. prescription diets. So it's like right. illegal to use that because food can't be a drug because the FDA can't regulate it. So when we actually start looking at the logistics around the whole thing, it's absolutely insane. I did an exercise the other day just for fun. It actually made me really mad, so I shouldn't have done it. But I I was looking at, I think it was LinkedIn, actually, and ads pop up, right? I don't know why Purina popped up on my thing because I don't really shop them. But I got an ad for a new cancer diet. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun to look at. So I clicked on it, right? And I wanted to see what the ingredients were because I don't keep up to date on all that. I don't need to use prescription diets. And so I looked at the ingredients and it was for dogs. And then there was one for cats, of course. And I did an exercise where I actually like saved the photo. Like I did a screen share photo, right? And then I went to the other prescription foods for each category. So I did, I think it was the joint one, the skin one, so the hydrolyzed. And then I did the GI one. And then I think I did the metabolic one for like weight loss, screen shared all of them and did it for both dogs and cats in different orders, not the same order. And I went to all my photos and I went through each one to see if I could pick which one. Oh, and I also picked normal foods, not prescription foods, because I was like, this is just going to be fun. Right. And so I started going through my photos, looking at the ingredient list. And I was like, I literally cannot tell a single one of these from the other. The only thing that switched around is when the corn is first, when the buy, the, the meat buy meal is next, the chicken is down here or up here, but they use exactly, exactly minus maybe one or two ingredients, the exact same ingredients for all of those prescription diets and the non-prescription diets. Oof. What does that tell you? That tells you that marketing is brainwashing everyone, including me way back when, and my veterinary colleagues. They just don't know better. And so here's the problem, well, one of many with prescription diets, is that there are no long-term studies to show that that food is safe for your cat's long-term. So right. what's happening is we are creating nutritional deficiencies long-term. Now, here's something I will say because I see a lot of sick kitties with a lot of GI issues. If your cat is currently on a prescription diet for some reason, whether it's a urinary issue, a GI issue, a skin issue, build up that gut so you can transition off of it and it will make it easier to transition off of it. That is really, really important. So once again, we don't have to do it like tomorrow. This is something where we need to, the end goal is to get off of this prescription food I know it's not ideal long-term. There are no long-term studies for this, which is something you could ask your vet, hey, I'm concerned that maybe this isn't the best long-term for my cat. Can you share with me any long-term studies that you have so I can look at them? The vet will go, let me look into that. And they'll never find them because they don't exist. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this is really, really important, but also too, for that perspective, because I know it can be really scary when you hear this information, you want to transition really quickly. Once again, you can try, but if you're having issues with your cat experiencing vomiting or diarrhea, make sure we're healing that gut. I have a lot of resources for how to do that. Jay and Adrian have a lot of great resources for helping to heal the gut. We have to reduce the inf inflammation. We have to support how our pets breaking down that food and the digestion process. So there are things that you can do to help prep them so they tolerate the other foods better too. Yeah. Um, but prescription foods, 
X. (laughs) Dr. Judy Morgan spoke about this on Tuesday and then uh, Dr. Chris Besant spoke about it yesterday on Instagram. Um, And they both said the same thing as far as um, prescription, these prescription diets there, if they did actually work, they, they should be used as a prescription, meaning, you know, a couple weeks, a very short term, um, before you would put your cat then on a better diet. So, um, and Dr. Judy Morgan was talking about how, uh, she's seen so many clients, like they're just uh, constantly going back to the vet's office to get the food. And the vet never once says, Hey, let's do a recheck and see if this is working. You're just constantly feeding. There's no testing to see, even if it's, if it's working, you're just constantly feeding the same food over time. And then there's just too many horror stories about cats being on these prescription diets. They waste away like the kidney diets. Oh, they die so young. young. It's the truth. And, um, and we, none of us here want that to happen. And that's why, you know, that's why this information is so valuable. Um, and these tricks and tips are going to be so valuable to get our kitties on another, um, on a, on a much better food. So let's, let's, let's get off. Quick summary, quick summary though. So we already talked about a couple of tricks and that is, I mean, for everyone that has a healthy cat and they're raring to go, they're ready to do the transition. Number one, picking up the all day buffet. If we're used to feeding all day long, pick it up. Start by just picking it up overnight. Um, Be gentle (laughs) for you. Yeah. Right. Uh, And then try feeding uh, the new food in the morning. Like you said, using hunger. Hunger can be a good tool as well. Um, what else switching to a freeze dried from a kibble so that they, it's the same type of texture using food toppers. And we can, we'll go into further of different types of food yeah. toppers for you guys. That will be um, super helpful. Um, that, that you guys will, you guys will actually have fun with. I really enjoy food toppers because they're so much fun because our kitties even today are still very picky about the specific proteins. They only like this meat that this time of year, they only like this meat at this time of year, you know, they, they get picky, but we want to diversify their microbiome. We want to build a forever cat. And so in order to do so, we need to diversify their diet and we have to do it by trickery. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of food toppers. And I do want to say, because the overwhelming majority of of people, we're not dealing with sick cats here. We're dealing with cats that need that we just, there are babies, there are family members, there are children. And we have just learned that they could live a lot longer and healthier life if we switch up their diet. So in dealing with the healthy cats, let's go into some more tricks and tips we can, uh, that we can do after picking up the all day buffet. And I do want to say also that, um, some people, if you have to start really, really slow, when you pick up that all day buffet, put the kibble down again, but don't put it down all day, put it down tiny bits and, and feed them on a schedule basis. So they get used to that schedule too. Right. And a fun way. So if we still are feeding a little bit of kibble, this is where we haven't talked about this, but the enrichment around the feeding. And so this is where taking the kibble and f- chucking it across the room and having them, ch- I do this with my Moki, but I use freeze dried for it. So I, he knows exactly what we're doing. And I'm like, come on, mousy. And I throw it and he like does this like crazy sideways, crazy man run because he has CH. But this is where playing with them and getting them used to that. So use a couple pieces of kibble, do that get them excited. You are stimulating the prey drive, reward them by also putting down some different food. This is where playing with them beforehand. This works really well for my Kiwi cat. If she's like, nah, I don't feel like eating right now. And I'm like, get out the wand toy, like the high, like, oh my God, goes crazy. Right. And then I offer her her food and many times she eats it. So this is where thinking about the enrichment around that and the natural behaviors that they actually, they have their prey drive. What would they do out in the wild, right? They're playing with their, it's really torturous to watch by the way. So, but that's a cat, that's their behavior. That is who they are, whether we like it or not. So we can mimic that behavior and then reward them with the food. And this is a great time to introduce alongside the the kibble a different type of food, a canned food, or a little bit of raw. And like Jay said earlier, getting them used to that smell. Now, the other thing too, especially with the holidays here, if you're like, I'm going to transition them during the holidays, 
like you're a saint for doing that, right? That's like, this is a big undertaking. Make sure you have a quiet room too. If we're trying to change something and potentially create more stress for a cat, having a separate room or a quiet room where they feel safe, where they can eat and not worry about other things happening or another cat coming over to their food bowl or things like that. I know, uh, I think Jay, you, you keep mentioning, I've heard you mention it a couple of times, once you pop, you can't stop with the cats. Like, <laughs> I didn't think I'd have three. My <laughs> husband definitely didn't think we'd have three. So, you know, it's one of those, if I, we have different feeding areas for all three cats because of that reason. Like, Kiwi does not want Moki in her face, and she definitely doesn't want Tico in her face. So looking at your individual cats and having separate like feeding areas is really important um, while you're doing this. But play is really, really key. And we tend to forget about it because we're so like focused on, I got to get out the door. I got to get to work. I got like my schedule. There's not enough time. Literally just pick up some kibble and like toss it and the cat will have a field day with it and then feed them and offer them the other foods that you're looking to introduce is a great way to do it. I love that. I love Enrichment that. Enrichment so, so awesome. Yeah, that is, that's great. I have, um, I've never given that trick before. So it's really fun to watch, especially yeah. when your cat has CH. <laughs> I should video. <laughs> he looks like he runs sideways. Like, a, I don't know. He's just crazy. It's amazing. And then he I'll slides, <laughs> he slides that. into it. <laughs> um, okay. So, other um, other toppers. Let's talk about because since we're on the on the kibble kick here, um, if we another thing that we actually just learned like this year, so that was it was new news to us. But like, of course, like it it should be common sense. But crushing up the kibble, and so your cat's favorite kibble. They're used to that scent. They're they're they are maybe kibble addicts because of all the uh, preservatives and everything that's sprayed on it, right? Animal digest. You can also use Fortiflora. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, it's appetite spray. stimulants. Um, but sprinkling that over the, the canned food or the raw food, the new food, um, can also help entice them. And kittens, I have to say what we did when we got Friday and Zorro and Jack and Madison, when they were six weeks and eight weeks of age, um, we actually used, if they're kittens, we used the like kitten yeah. milk replacement. We, um, we mm -hmm. warmed it up and we poured it on top of the, on top of the raw food. And that's how they, they would go for it as soon as we put that, that on top yeah. too. Those are great. Um, the other thing, you know, people say goat's milk and like broths. I haven't had a ton of success in my experience with those. Now each cat's different, so yeah. you can still try it. It's still worth trying. Um, it's just that I haven't seen a lot of cats really partake in goat's milk. But I love also to meet baby food. This stuff is like kitty crack. Uh, I It's incredible. Um, so, for example, one of the things that I do with my acupuncture patients is I use the little, um, what are they called? They're like little wobble things. And they have, you can put, like I put meat baby food in there. And they can lick it and I freeze it so they can sit there and lick it. And I do my acupuncture sessions. Moki knows the popping noise of the meat baby food can, the jar. I mean, he's my pig. He's the easiest one that I have. But I've used this for so many patients through the years and recommended it to a lot of clients where just putting a little bit and smearing it over the top, it's stinky. Cats want aroma. And a lot of our raw foods or lightly cooked foods, they don't have a lot of smell to them. Right. And this can be a huge reason why the cat's not taking to it. Mm -hmm. So all the toppers we're talking about, you know, Jay mentioned crushing up the kibble. They're used to that scent. We want stinky things. So this is why like fish is so addicting to cats too. It stinks. So rather wow. than using tuna, try like canned sardines and crush a little bit in the sardine water and pour that on top. The other thing too is they like fats. Cats love butter. And so this is also where I like using, if you can grass-fed butter, right? But that's okay if you can't. Ghee is also another one. It's a clarified butter. So if you're worried that your cat's really sensitive to the lactose that's in dairy, 
ghee is a really good option. And there's a lot of really cool YouTube videos that show you how to make your own ghee, the clarified butter, by just taking normal butter and like putting it in a pan and then scooping it off. So you can even make your own to keep costs down. But this is where putting a little bit of ghee on that too. Um, cats love that. And I believe Emma talked about like vegetables last night, right? Um, I love some of, I caught some of her tips, which were fantastic. This is where you can coat some of these things in a little bit of ghee and use that to entice them to want to eat it also. Um, and scrambling eggs and a little bit of butter. It's fantastic. And mixing it with a little bit of sardines, try it. Um, and you, you can't go wrong. It's, you know, it's easy for them to digest. Your, your egg whites are the most bioavailable protein there is physically possible for your cats to absorb. So these are all different things. Nutritional yeast, Parmesan cheese are also other options that you can use. So look around, like what do you already have in your cabinet, in your fridge that you can use as a topper and have fun with it and be like, hmm, I wonder if my cat will like try this tonight and mix it up. Um, because I do agree with what Emma said, the, the, the dining experience, right? So many cats don't have that. And then they bark, what they scarf and barf because it's just like, I need to get the nutrients and the energy into me. And we need to help them see like slow down and realize like we can do this and this is actually food. Yeah. I do think when it comes to the toppers, you guys, because I know everyone's getting excited, like Parmesan cheese, never thought of it. Sardines crushed up with the, with the water and putting it on top, like all these different ideas, making your own ghee. Oh, wow. Uh, but, but something that I have to do when we have picky kitties is not throw the kitchen sink at them. Like enjoy each time you try something and just try that one thing. And maybe you try it twice for two separate meals and see if they just want to kind of explore it. I think Emma was so awesome talking about, you know, sometimes they're going to be a little suspicious, but they actually Keep are going really yes. Give them that opportunity, but don't try like all the toppers all at once. Like, Oh, they don't like the Parmesan cheese. Let's put sardines on top of it. And then let's put butter on top of it. Yeah. You know. And then you have diarrhea. <laughs> so, so that a hundred percent. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> Take it slow. Just, just do one at a time. Yeah. So, yeah. This yeah. is where like the checklist is not to go through in one day. It's right. literally right. like, yeah. <laughs> Tools so in the toolbox. What our cats enjoy, what they're curious about, what they really, you know, they have different flavors for. I, I think it's, really uh, bond, it strengthens the bond that you have with your cat when you realize, oh, they want to have enjoyment in their food too. Yeah. And what can we, what can we explore? What can we try? How yeah. do they like it prepared? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about like, so for the super 101 first cat mom or dad, like first cat parent, and they have a cat that they just rescued and they were sent home from the shelter with a bag of kibble. And this is all they, all they know. And they want to get their cat. They want to go through this process of getting their cat onto a fresh food diet, but they don't want to just switch over immediately. They're a little worried about it. Maybe there's an ick factor when it comes to raw or even fresh food, you know, even gently cooked. And it's just like, okay, where do I start? Would you suggest doing a mix? for for some cats maybe first um even trying with like a little bit of the canned food mixed in and i'm saying this because this is how we did it with the kibble is we mixed in the canned food with the kibble so they still got the same smells they still got the same crunchies but they were also eating a different texture of food yeah that mixing in is usually the first place that i start with uh keep in mind some cats will eat around the canned food at the start, keep doing it. And this is where we're putting like a small amount, you know, not even potentially a quarter of, you know, the, the new food into the old foods, the old food is the dry. So start with a small amount, just like a little teaspoon, mix it in. If your cat eats around it, don't be alarmed and continue to do that for a couple days. And as you see them start eating more, usually they do. Um, then that's when you start increasing the amount of the canned food that you're feeding and you decrease the amount of the kibble that you're feeding. So essentially it's, you know, a good way to think about it is 75, 25, and then 50, 50, then 75 new 25 kibble, and then hundred percent canned. And this is typically for a cat that's like transition is going really smoothly. Um, like two weeks 
is roughly a time frame that I say. So every three days or so, you're increasing that amount and continuing on. Now, if your cat continues to eat around that and you're leaving the canned food, this is where putting them side by side and getting them used to that smell would be my next suggestion for people who have kitties that want to want to play that hard game, right? The hardball, <laughs> you know, so we have to work with them, but still continue to pull up the buffet. Don't leave it down all day. That's really, really important. The other thing too, a lot of people get really scared about leaving canned food down and that it's going to rot or there's going to be bacteria overgrowth. I promise you, you can leave that canned food down for up to 12 hours. Now, ideally you probably don't want to, but your cat, think about a lion taking out a gazelle, they leave that prey there for like a week and come back and eat it and go away and come back. Our cats are made to tolerate pathogens. Now we don't want to put them at risk or anything like that, but your cat can tolerate it. So if you need to like work and you go to work and you're like, how is this going to work for me in the schedule? You can leave that food down for a longer period of time. When you come home, that's clean it up, refresh, and then start over. I personally do this all the time and my cats have been okay. Us so, too. Yeah. Us I too. leave food down raw, canned. Same. I'm not going to lie. Super transparent here. Like yes. I Same. top up some can for Kiwi overnight and it's overnight. Same. And, I, and Same. they're okay. And raw, like, Hey, you didn't finish it, buddy. I'm going to leave it here and then I'll replenish it in the morning. Yeah. Like that's reality. And most of us, maybe, maybe we're the only ones that like speak that truth. But so many of us are doing that and our animals are okay because that is how they are physiologically made. They have shorter GI tracts. They can tolerate it. They have lower stomach acid. They're, you know, they can tolerate that. Right. And I've never once had an issue. Same, same here. And I, I get a little bit grossed out sometimes because we do the same thing. We leave it down. If they don't eat it, then we just leave it there because it's like, they'll come back, but then we get busy and then it's like stuff and things. And, you know, when people ask me, I'll be like, you know, you can leave it down for a few hours. We're, we do all the time and it's, and it's fine. I, I won't necessarily tell them leave it overnight. I don't want anybody to be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't do what we do, but I'm telling you, if you're like accidentally do, I don't want people to freak out that they killed their cat. Like no. I promise you, like they are hearty little things and you will know your, your, your cat as an individual too. And um, yeah. They're also typically pretty smart. And when I think oh. when it, when it's yeah, they're like, not going to eat it. Yeah. They're not going to go and eat it. And it's rotten. They, they don't. I know the other day I had, um, I had, I gotten up a little bit late. I think this was last weekend. I gotten up a little bit late on like a Saturday. And so like they didn't get their normal breakfast time at like six 30 or seven. And it was like seven 30 or eight. And I was going around and, and, uh, I think Annie had left her food. She didn't, she didn't finish her food. And Jack was so hungry that he started eating it. And it was <laughs> from like five o'clock. The before, right? And I was like, no, Jack, I'm about to make some more. And he was like, nom, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to make it fresh. He's like, it's nice and warm. It's mouse temperature now. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, but he had a few bites and he was absolutely fine. And yeah. I just, you know, it, it, it's, uh, there's, it happened. I, I honestly think probably every single person that feeds raw, they, I, I would be shocked if they weren't similar. Right. I, yeah. I just, I just want to give people like peace of mind. Like yeah. this is reality. And I'm not going to sit here and say like, I, I clean it right away immediately within 30 minutes. Like that's not happening at my household and my cats finish up their like leftovers. They want to go away and come back and it mimics like the natural behavior in the wild and that I'm okay with that. Yep. Same. That's same. True. It took me a little while because I was so scared of raw food to begin with. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> yes grow up. Like anytime there's raw food out of it touches the counter, it's on your hand. You wash it up immediately or you're going to die. Like it's, <laughs> but I love that Dr. Judy Morgan really spent a little time talking about the pH of our cat's stomachs that all week we've just learned more and more about how our cats are created to eat and how these fresh foods are so much more bioavailable to them. You know, we talked a little bit at the top about, you know, cats that have health issues and why we want them to do a slower transition. One of the most beautiful things about starting to feed your cat fresh, not only does it help heal them, but if you have a cat that, you know, they're completely healthy to begin with, it's still remarkable. We talk about all the time in that first week, two weeks of being on a fresh food diet, yeah. 
Their coat is so different. Their energy is amazing. Their personalities. Their eyes are bright. Their eyes are so bright. It's like, wow. And it's like all of a sudden, how many people have told us, uh, even this week that we've talked to, where it's like, as soon as I switched my cats over to a raw food diet, it was like within weeks all of their ailments that we that were we were seeing were just disappearing by themselves. We weren't adding in anything actually. There weren't even added supplements and 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 or medicines or anything like that. It was literally just switching the diet and watching how the food alone was becoming medicine to these cats. And I've said it a few times this week, but the you know a couple of the side effects of switching the switching the the diet to a fresh food diet is no more hairballs. And no more excessive shedding. You're you don't see that the shedding all the time. It was mind-boggling to us. It was like one day I was like, Have you seen a hairball lately? Where are those hairballs? Like we were just used to it. Cause if yeah. you're, you know, I mean, there's memes all over the internet about the, you know, hairballs. If you're a cat parent, you're gonna step in puke, you're gonna step in hairballs. Like that's just what cats do. No, actually, healthy cats don't do that. Yeah, yeah. that is not a normal and thing. And don't get me started on the poops. Um, ah, it's amazing. It, it is, is amazing. The poop. I don't um, know when my cats take a poop because I can't smell it. It's fantastic. Whereas before when they were on like crappy food, I was like, oh, you need to go clean that. Like that needs to be cleaned up right away. We cannot have this. And you're like on the other side of the house. The yeah. poops are smaller. They're much smaller. That is normal. Also, when you transition from the processed food, like kibble to a like a raw food, especially a raw food diet, because the fiber content's different too. They still need fiber, but it's completely, it's processed in their body. They're extracting all the nutrients and the stools are very small. Most pet parents are terrified their pet's constipated, but they're yes. not. And that is, those stools are completely normal for that type of diet. They don't yeah. stink. They're tiny. And as long as like, keep an eye on the litter box, like you should anyways, and they should be defecating every day or what, whatever their normal is. Um, but as long as they're not straining or anything like that, that's a completely normal stool. And it is fantastic. Do you have to pee every day? Because ours don't. On raw, they uh, Most of them do once a day. Now, I'm going to be another transparent with you. My husband does the litter box now. So... Um, I've trained him. So <laughs> thank you, Ryan. I don't know if he's watching, but very grateful. So we alternate, but a lot of times he cleans the litter box and like knows their normals, but they usually poop like once a day. Um, Kiwi will sometimes go every other day, yeah. but she, she's just special. So, um, it's so important. I think this is, you most know, something of our cats only go every other every day. Other day. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so important, you know, you talk about the importance of journaling, right? Especially when you're getting ready to do something new. You guys, keep a journal of this. I think it's actually really enriching for us. It'll help you through the humps of not giving them the kibble when it's all that you want to do because it's breaking your heart that they, they miss it or whatever it may be. Uh, but keeping a journal, especially of their deposits, if you will, is uh, really helpful. And I want to give a shout out to the Innovative Pet Lab. I think this is something that's awesome for people that may not know. The power of testing exists now where we can go ahead and say, um, you know, what is what is the microbiome like? What is what's going on in their gut? We can test their gut. And then as we switch over to a fresh food diet, we can see the difference that it makes in the health and strength of their gut. Yeah, so that's it was actually interesting because Rodney brought up the uh, animal biome and the testing that they did on the microbiome, which is yeah. different from what uh, IPL does, but the but the microbiome of the gut with um, cats that were kibble fed versus cats that were raw fed. And it was actually a more diverse microbiome in cats that were kibble fed because of the veg count, right? Because of the fiber count, because of the, the amount of other ingredients that they put into, um, into kibble. However, and I never got to tell Rodney this. So if you're watching Rodney, I'm talking to you. I wanted to tell you this. Um, our cats, we we went with IPL with Innovative Pet Lab to test the overall health of the gut, right? Mm -hmm. Like a leaky gut versus a, a strong gut. Functional um, side of things, yep. Right. And our cats being fed, and you were on this with us, our cats being fed a raw food diet were much healthier than all the cats that, that they had tested. They were on a kibble diet. So the overall health of the gut, maybe the microbiome wasn't as diverse or, or as 
I mean, we didn't do the animal biome testing, but uh, maybe it might not have been as diverse as a kibble fed cat, but the overall health of the gut was much healthier um, using feeding a, a, a fresh food diet. So, and I think it's also key. We also do add in fibers and different, yeah, you know, greens and veggies. fermented veggies and things like that to our cats raw diet so that they get uh, more of a microbiome um, diversity. However, um, I think um, I forgot what I was going to say now. However, I, I, however, caught me off guard. I said, however, and then I was like, why did I say, however, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, however, it's 54 minutes in. So, um, so let's, let's wrap up and then maybe answer, maybe we can jump to a few questions. Dr. Katie could answer a few questions from you guys um, that are here, but, um, but I feel like for the most part, we covered the, go ahead. I was going to say one of the things, because I think we got to like the can transition. Oh, I want to yeah. say you continue that type of transition yes. with a lightly cooked food or you transition right to raw. So we have a lot of pre, when we talk about lightly cooked, it doesn't mean you have to do like the home cooking for yourself. There's a lot of pre-made balanced diets now for cats, which is fantastic. Um, but Emma presented a lot of great options to keep your costs lower. So that would be a lightly cooked if you wanted to go that route, or you could jump from like canned to a raw food diet. So yeah. once again, you're doing exactly what we talked about with the kibble and transitioning. A great way to remember that is 25, 75. So 25% new, 75% old, you're mixing it in. So starting with a small amount and then you're working your way up. So 50, 50, and then 75% new, 25% old, and then 100%. So it is actually super simple when you just think about those ratios. It doesn't have to be exact. We just yeah. want a little bit to kind of get them used to it, get used to the smell, the taste, the flavors, and keeping that old, that known in there also, and then transition them. So yeah. that's typically like a normal transition for any type of diet, um, but especially going from kibble to a raw food diet. Yeah. Well, and I have to say for us, um, getting them off of that texture of the, of the kibble was the hardest part. So that first step is always the hardest, you know, yes. the first step is the, nope. Um, and then, and then we, uh, but getting them once they have, once they were used to that, that, uh, moisture texture, getting them from a wet food to a raw food went much faster than yeah. getting them from the kibble to the wet. Um, so, but I also want to say, it's really important that we go at our cat's pace, right? So back yeah. to what Dr. Katie said with the patience and the perseverance. If your cat rejects it the first time, don't give up. Yeah. You have to persevere. You have to keep going. If you want your cat to live a really long, healthy life through food, then we have to do this. We have to be persistent with this. However, we go at our cat's pace. So if our cat says no, then we don't increase. We don't go yeah. from 75 or from 75, 25 to 50, 50. We stay at 25 if they're there or we go down to 10 and we slowly increase a little bit over time until our cats are um, enjoying their meals and they are happy with what we're, what, with what we're giving them and then, and eating it basically, right? Once they're eating it, then we can increase and then we can start diversifying and then we can get fun with it and we can get excited about it and we can, you know, make some meals at home and give them snacks that you, that you make yourself from your fridge and then, you know, add in the, the, the pre-made raw or the gently cooked or whatever it is, but this is 1000% possible. I want to say for every single cat, it is 1000% possible. It's up to us to get through the process, to be patient and to persevere and to keep going, even when we feel like it's, we're wasting money and it's, and we're, we're being a, we're, we're failing. Yeah. I want to say too, at the start of it, because this is like the most, this is probably the most frustrating for most people, I would say is at the beginning, when you start this, don't buy like an entire like thing of cans, yes. like buy single cans and try different textures, different protein sources. Lots of cats will like chicken, even if we don't like that they like chicken. Chicken's not a bad protein. It gets a bad rap because of the poor quality chicken that's used in processed pet food. So chicken can be a great source of food for a raw food diet. So I just want to put that out there. I don't have a hate thing for chicken, um, but I hate processed rendered chicken. So, yeah. <laughs> but, so chicken, 
a lot of cats love rabbit. Rabbit tends to be more expensive, but it's something that you can always try. And if it fits in your budget, great. Try it if you're on this journey because a lot of cats like it. Uh, your turkey, your white meats tend to be more well tolerated at the start. So stick with those, try it, try different textures, pâtés, blend it. Like this is where one can at a time, because you're going to have to figure out what your cat prefers in terms of texture is what I found. Um, and then from there, then you can buy more for the extended transition than move to the raw. Yeah. And don't forget too, that your cat's flavors may change. So if they yes. like variety, I mean, variety too. And it, it, it's like us, right? Would you enjoy eating chicken every day? I wouldn't. Uh, no, like, no, thank you. So why wouldn't our cats think that also? So this is where once you get them to that place and you know kind of what what the majority of their preferences are, right? Like I know my cat's preferences that usually stays about the same. The proteins can change a bit. And I also want to have them eat different proteins. Beef has very different nutritionally than chicken. So we want that rotation and variety. It's really important. You also have to play around when you get to raw too, like the chunks, like tiny little chunks to start with. I absolutely loved what Emma said last night about, I think she said this, like keeping pulling meat off your like plate when you're eating. And I like Moki literally like sits next to me at the dinner table and I feed him things. My husband yeah. hates it, but it's the cutest thing. And it's great for him. He gets to chew on things and all of that. It's really good for him. And he gets different flavors and real food. Also, he eats a raw food diet, but it's nice for him to have that variety and that engagement. So this yep. is where you have to experiment with that too. When you get to the raw, starting with small chunks, working up to bigger chunks, and then also playing around with like the the blended food, the 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 ground food too. But if they can eat, there's all sorts of different variety options. That's the neat thing about today is that you have a lot of different options for your cats. Um, and if we can get them all onto a raw food diet, it's it's really fun. I mean, I won't go into pinkies and things like that that Chico loves. So. <laughs> Never send a picture to Adrian with. No. Pico eating a pinky. I'll be dead mouse. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I won't do that. But he loves it. Like, and he, this is the baby bunnies. Oh, no, I won't send that to anyone. So it's <laughs> not good. <laughs> we'll talk about that tonight. No, we don't have to do that. We don't have to go that far just yet. But there's, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's been, there's so many tips and tricks here for everyone. Um, no matter where you are on your journey of feeding your cats, whether you're, you know, brand new cat parent feeding a, a kibble diet, whether you're a frustrated cat parent that has been trying to get your cat on a better diet, but your cat's just being super picky, whether you're uh, already feeding a fresh food diet and your cats are just starting to, you know, get fussy about the, the type of food that you're feeding. Um, I think these tips apply to all of us and it's, and it's super help, helpful. The stuff that we learned from Emma, we're changing, right? Like the, yes. you know, like we're, we're making changes with our cats because of the, because of the things that we've learned from her that, it, and, and again, here today, like there's so many things that we can, that we can use to better our cats food to, to better their experience with their food and to, um, to help them live the longest life possible. Um, and so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for all of your knowledge. Thank you for being our like favorite veterinarian on the planet. Thank you for being our favorite human on the planet. You are, um, you're just a wealth of information and, um, and so helpful. And I really feel like this is going to be the kickoff for so many cat parents to, finally make the change that they need to make. And I think, you know, you really hit home with the, with the perseverance and, you know, just, just keep going and keep going. Um, and how, you know, how important that is it's to not give up because, um, our cats will eat a better diet. We just have to be patient with them. Yeah. We're passionate about the, the health benefits of feeding fresh, but it's such an exciting thing. Like you said, Dr. Katie, to think about the enrichment aspect of it, the engagement part of it, and giving our cats literally the same joy in food that we find as well. Yeah. Um, I know we're trying to wrap up. We've already kept you so long. Anything that, that we, anything top of mind, anything that you would say to someone who is sitting on the fence right now that um, 
that maybe we haven't touched on tonight or that you just want to reiterate? I think the biggest thing, because we've all been there at some point, and each cat is just a different journey too. Each cat's journey is unique to themselves. I think the biggest thing that holds people back, once again, it goes back to your conversation with Dr. Judy around the fear. Like, just take the first step with your cats and give yourself grace through the process. We can be so hard on ourselves if our cat doesn't transition over a week or two weeks. But I think it's one of those things where reminding yourself you're in this for the life of your cat. So if it takes longer than expected, that's okay. And giving yourself the grace to learn with your cat and see and what they love and have fun with it. Because at the end of the day, we're all doing all the things, like the holistic things and natural things, all the things we're learning, we're doing it for the better, the betterment of our cats. And like Jay said, creating the forever cats, we all want that, but it requires us taking action. And so start with the small things. And even if it's, you know, a food topper or giving them a little bit of fresh food from your plate or holding it back, um, giving them fresh food treats, like just start with something and it makes a huge difference and then start building from that with all the information that was shared with this week. Yes. I love that baby steps. Let's just, Uh, you know, take that first step, whatever that first step is that you have learned this entire week um, with all of these amazing speakers with just a wealth of information um, take that first step, just, just start somewhere. And, um, and you will see as we did, you know, we all have, right. Like we took that first step and then it was like, Oh, that was kind of fun. That one worked. Okay. Let's go to the next step, you know? Yeah. So, and it, it doesn't have to be in a specific order and it, there's not a step-by-step process. That's the exact same for everyone. It's just taking that first step, whatever that, that step is. So for those you. of you guys listening or watching that are as enamored with the incredible Dr. Katie Woodley as we are, <laughs> uh, the links for the natural pet are here in the description, um, in the description of this video, please go down the rabbit hole. You have so many resources for pet parents. Uh, and you are really one of the most exceptional cat vets out there. I think it's so wonderful to have your, your insight and your experience, um, with you having your own beautiful little mini Panthers. Uh, so please everyone go check out the natural pet uh, go down that rabbit hole. Um, and Dr. Woodley, thank you so much for everything tonight. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Um, there may just be a little pop-up recap tomorrow live, um, with a very special guest that might, might just be here in person. So watch in our home. So, uh, so say something before you're done. Okay. Say it, say it. I just want everyone here. I know watching live to just drop how amazing these two ladies are and how passionate they are at changing the world and creating the space for all of us to be able to share this and to grow together. These two are just amazing humans. And they always say that I, they're blessed to know me. I'm blessed to know them. And I think so many people here, you have impacted their lives And you guys are just two of the most beautiful people on this planet with such a huge heart. So thank you. I love you both. And I know so many people share that sentiment that are also here and have been through the week and all you've done. And just, you guys are just amazing. So thank you. Stop. You're going to make us cry. I love you so Stop much. with all the mush. Whatever. <laughs> Jay is not going okay. to mush. Okay. my face leak. Okay. Okay. I love well, you guys. This yeah. We amazing. love you guys. We, this is just amazing. Yes. Let's, let's all do this together. And the only thing that we ask of this week is that if you do make that first step, if you do type of change, just let us know. We just, we just want to know. And if you have questions, reach out. We're all here. Everyone that spoke this week, us, we're all here to help guide you guys through, oh, the, through the process. So look what you did in the comments. <laughs> they love you just as much as I do. <laughs> you guys are amazing.